Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft Tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes podcast. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore, and we play Call of Cthulhu, a sci-fi horror role-playing game. Your investigators of the unknown are... Brian as Jack. There is no Jack, only Zool. Gabe as Roy. I actually am Roy. There is Roy. And Matt as Rocky. Well, I guess you could say someone's gotten really got ahead of the situation. All right. Welcome back, players. How's everybody doing today? Yes, we are great. Ready to die. I was good, and then Matt said that. Let me check Ruin Games Day off of my daily checklist. There we go. Joke's on you. My day was already ruined. Listeners, if you would like to provide feedback or praise or just say hi, drop us a letter from beyond on our website at lovecrafttapes.com. We do have one letter today. It's from Tabaxi Ranger, who says, I have listened to the whole podcast four to five times, and it never gets boring. Keep it going. We don't need to. You listen to it over and over again. We're done. Dang, thanks, dude. All the accents. Sorry about that. I'm not sorry. This show is brought to you in part by our generous fans and supporters on Patreon.com slash Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you to two new supporters on Patreon, Captain Vashton and Mick Cope. Appreciate that, guys. Uh, Very Mick nice. Hope is a student, and Captain Bashton is, of course, a professor. I sent both you guys some digital goodies. Very nice. Welcome to the club, and uh, we'll chat with you on Discord. All right, guys, before we begin, we need to take a quick commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. Well, 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 welcome, new player. Would you like to play a game? From Feed the Deep One Studio in collaboration with HW Digital comes the new mobile sensation sweeping the small, quaint, and uneventful single stoplight towns of America. Fire up your phones and download Haunted House Hijinks. What's that? What is this game? How do you play it? Well, let me answer some of your questions. You see, in Haunted House Hijinks, you'll find yourself in a small town that may look eerily similar to your own. Ignore that. In charge of creating the best darn haunted house this town has ever seen. Start by picking your overseer. Remember, each class has its own unique perks and customization options. Consider, if you will, controlling one of these exciting characters. Demon. Banshee. Wraith. Shade, Phantom, Mare, or for a more relaxed experience, the good old-fashioned spirit. Then you pick your Deep One patron. Build up your house with devious lures to bring in the unaware townsfolk. Kill them with over-the-top hex traps to fill blood buckets and increase the influence of your Deep One. Earn shekels, because you're going to need them to upgrade your house's tricks and treats. You can add spooky new rooms and buy cool features like shifting walls, so the game experience is different every time someone wanders in. No, no, don't worry about that house across town that looks kind of somewhat maybe similar to yours. (laughs) No, no, don't go over there. Look. I said, don't worry, just head home, open up your phone, play a while. Try to ignore that our life like NPCs look eerily similar to friends, family, and neighbors that 
might have gone missing in town recently. Don't think, just play. Ignore those gnawing feelings of dread and despair. There you go. Don't you feel... Wait, no, don't push that button. You... Oh, well. Time to find a new recruit, I guess. Hey there! W welcome, new player! Do you want to play a game? And we're back! What'd you guys think of that Proctender service? It needed more knives. Left me feeling light, very light and fluffy. It's like you had a whole weight off your shoulders, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, yes, sir. I like it. I've always liked that Proctender service, even when it was still in beta. I mean, it was pretty rough in alpha, I'll give you that. But when push came to shove, they managed to Upsilon Omnicron, Kappa Psi, Omega Phi, New Tau Rho, until Sigma Mu and Lambda Psi Iota. Now we can all chai gamma until our Zeta Epsilon Pi. Do you delta me, or is that all discreet to you? Chai latte, baby. Now, dear investigators... We continue. Case 11. Haunted Heart. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. Sanity steadily erodes as horror piles upon horror inside the Pomance. And what was long dead may now be very much alive yet again. Roy manages to rescue Danny from a painful death, then hurries after Jack, who is hurrying to the basement to dig something up. Rocky, struggling to maintain his composure, discovers the corpses of Ricky and... Jack Whiteside? In the attic, but finds the missing girls, as well as an unlikely ally in Eldritch Poe, who urges the Delta Green agent to foil his ancestor's nefarious plot. Beneath the house, John Poe's true nature is revealed, and the investigators must get through him in order to escape the revivified mansion and its ghostly inhabitants. Rocky, you stand at the top of the stairs which have been revealed beyond the strange iron door in the servant's dining room. The steps lead downward into darkness. You hear a scream echo from below. One of the girls asks, Is that a monster? And clutches your leg in fright. Well, knowing these things, yes, most likely it is some sort of monstrosity. Come on. Will you protect us? As long as you stay behind me and do exactly what I tell you, you should be fine. Okay. I mean, statistically speaking, you do have a fairly likely chance. I mean, if I had to put numbers on it, I'd say maybe like a 57, 60, somewhere around there. You're not very good at babysitting, are you? Never said I was. Come on. Now start singing that creepy song we taught you. <laughs> I'm going to start walking down the stairs. It is quite dark. The light from the servant's dining room dissipates after about 25 feet. Pause for a second on my way down. Shoulder the girl as best as I can, kind of into one arm. And then I'm going to reach back and pull out my flashlight that I still have. Hand it to whoever is standing behind me and say, Here, hold on to this and point it forwards. And Gwyneth takes it and turns it on and points it down the stairs. The beam is shaking slightly. What do you think? down there. Well, if I'm correct, our escape. You ever hear the saying, what goes up must come down? Yeah, my dad says that all the time. He's... <laughs> well, in this case, it's the other way around. We gotta go down if we want to be able to come back up and out of this house. Okay. Mom said to be brave, so let's go. We're gonna keep walking down the stairs. Roy, you and Danny stand in the dimness of the basement watching in horror as Jack's head detaches from his torso, trailing tentacle-like tendrils from the stump of its neck and screaming an ungodly cacophony. As if that horror were not enough, 
As the husk of his body falls forward, the head sprouts bat-like wings and levitates in the air. Turning in place, it whirls to face you and you can now see that it bears absolutely no resemblance to Jack. The sneering curl of its fanged lips belies an ancient, alien evil. It flaps its wings, and the head recedes out of the range of your flashlight into the dark shadows of the sprawling basement. At your side, Danny asks, Is that a monster? Yeah, it appears so. And I'm going to need you to roll sanity, please. Wow, who would have thought? Roy having to roll sanity. I needed a 59, I got a 29, that's a hard success. You've seen quite a lot of things, and for some reason, Roy, seeing this in particular... This phenomenon reminds you a little bit of the thing you saw back in the church in Louisiana. That thing that went flying through the window. It's man bat. John Poe, you were feeling quite confident. First, possessing the bearskin rug and displacing Jack Whiteside's soul so you could inhabit what was left of his mortal coil. That poor bastard soul went directly to the attic to hang from the feeding tubes along the last of your lineage. Oh, Eldridge, what a disappointment he turned out to be. Moron thought suicide would disrupt the curse. But the relic, the dark heart of Bugshosh, is not so easily displaced. As long as it remains buried in the basement, and as long as you keep it fed, the house will continue to live on, sustained by the occasional wayward traveler and unwary visitor. Or rather, the two houses will continue to live on. One in the physical realm, one beyond the veil. Sacrificing that young woman in the attic brought both into alignment for a short time. Time enough to recover the dark heart and restore its power for another hundred years. As luck would have it, you also managed to lure two of the interlopers down to the basement. Yes, everything seemed to be going your way. Until Whiteside decided to give up the ghost, thereby disrupting your tenuous connection to his vessel, forcing you to reveal your true self. Best to bide your time for now, gather your strength, and choose just the right moment to strike. If you don't get them, the things upstairs certainly will. Remind me, Roy, did you have your gun pulled? I feel like I've had my gun out for a while. <laughs> I think you're right. We're going to have to go to the referees in the instant replay box, going down to you. Review the footage. After reviewing the footage on the field, it has been discovered that the gun was pulled prior to this incident. So uh, we're going to start off, this will be round one. Roy, if you have your gun drawn, that's going to give you a plus 50. Sounds right. That's a lot of decks. You have a couple different options. You can move about freely, do whatever you want, and bide your time, run away. Or you can try to find this guy, and that's going to require a spot hidden back up a little bit after seeing this and like get to the staircase and i'll sort of scan the place down with the flashlight looking for him then go ahead and give me a spot hidden i need a 75 got a 57 success as you're starting to back up you see the floating head hovering you see the shadow against one of the basement walls 
30 feet away. Roy, you have the opportunity, obviously, to do one shot at, with no disadvantages or up to three shots with disadvantages on all of them. One with none. Go ahead and fire away. I need a 38. I got a 23. That's a success with five damage. John, you have the opportunity to dodge that baby, don't you? I do. I needed a 25, and I got a 75. The bullet flies through the air 30 feet away and hits the side of the face. Right in the cheek. Uh, Little bits of flesh spray off. But underneath the fine layer of fat and skin on the jowl is this strange, leathery, rubbery hide. And the bullet doesn't do quite as much damage as you thought it should at that range. And with that aim, John, you take three points of damage. Danny is going to hide behind Roy. Oh my god, did you see that thing? That's that's not even Jack. I always knew that Jack did voodoo. Is that what you think it is? He looks very familiar. I, he almost looks like a like Eldritch Poe. Is that Eldritch, do you think? I don't know what to think anymore. All I think is that I'm going to get this guy down. So Rocky, you're about halfway down the steps. You hear a gun ring out at the bottom of the stairs. It sounds like it's coming from pretty far below. Well, that's our signal to pick it up. Come on, step lively. Daddy said never to go towards gunfire. Well, I mean, you can stand here on this empty spooky staircase if you want. Oh, God. It's, it's okay, Rachel. We'll, we'll get through this. I promise. I'm going to pick up the pace and keep going down the stairs. John. Get as close as I can and scream. He has no mouth, and yet he must scream. What does that shriek sound like? Ouch. What we're going to need now is Roy and Danny to both roll sanity. I need a 59. I got an 84. She succeeded. Nice. Roy is suddenly stricken with fear to the extent that he cannot move. It feels like his limbs are frozen. Do you want to build a snowman? Danny is just watching, and she's covering up her ears and looks sideways at Roy, who is just stock still with his gun outstretched, unable to move. And she grabs the gun out of his hand and tries to shoot John. Nice move. Now, she's not very good at this. In fact, she sucks. Fingers crossed. Oh! Oh! Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lanta. I unfreeze. Danny needed a 20 because she really stinks at handgun. She rolled a one. That's a critical success. Wow. Wow. Um, I'm going to swoop at her hand that's holding the gun and try to sever her hand from her arm with my bite. And Danny says, oh, no, you don't. And she reaches out with her other hand and grabs the top of your hair, yanks up, puts the gun up underneath your chin and blows your head to bits. With one last shriek, the disembodied head of John Poe plummets back to earth with a wet, crunching splat. Thick, tar-like fluid leaks from the shattered cranium. Poe's eyes glare at you with the last ebb of dying malevolence before both orbs harden and become milky white. As you watch, the flesh sloughs like hot fat from the face, exposing ivory bone beneath. The jaw cracks open, one side becoming unhinged from dissolving cartilage. Poe, finally, is never more. And Roy, you're able to move now, and Rocky, you're approaching the bottom of the stairs. Has anybody ever lost two characters in one (laughs) scenario? You win! Game over. Mm Mm-hmm.
I'm going to come down the stairs still holding them. What's going on? Did I miss anything? This head? Uh, oh, God, little girls, little girls. Uh, don't look, don't look. It's okay. Uh, I'm going to kind of push him back a little. You're going to hold this flashlight, and you're going to keep an eye on your friend. There's something down there that might be a little bit too much for you. Stay put. Stay and while he's doing that, I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take long sleeves out of Danny's hand and give her a hug and say, "You did good, kid." Oh, thanks, Roy. I was so, I was so scared. I I can't believe it. Your gun is pretty nice. Thank you. I'm gonna go tend to the girls. Okay. Yeah, you do that. I'll uh, poke around the body. Ooh, okay. She goes back uh, and passes Rocky. All right, they're already scared enough. If you want to just make sure they're okay, I don't do that. I understand. I understand. I'll I'll take care of him. Um, do you think it's okay to get out of the house now? Oh no, not yet. You see, in every one of these cases, there's usually some sort of object, some sort of item of power that's at the center of all of this. And if my experience serves, as long as we can find whatever that object of power is and remove it from the equation, everything should go back to. As normal as normal can be. Oh, okay. I'll I'll leave it to you and Roy to figure out a way out of here. In fact, according to this <laughs> book here. Ooh, why is it all gory? It's all dripping with blood and stuff. Ugh. Sick. I had to perform some minor surgery to get at it. Don't worry, don't worry. You should have a doctor look at that. I had, I had a chat with our friend Eldridge Poe. So there's something underneath this house buried somewhere called the Dark Heart, and we have to dig it up and read this incantation and it should be what we need to destroy it. Oh, okay. Um, well, let me know if you need help with that. I, I know a little bit of a cult. I, I need, really need to tend to girls right now. Of course. If we find what we're looking for, I'll call for you. You might be able to help with the reading. So she uh, goes up the steps to help the young girls. And Roy is kneeling down, examining the shattered remains of Poe's head. And also the nearby leaking body of Jack. Oh, well, um, this looks rather unfortunate. Yeah. It's sneaking suspicions that that wasn't Jack, considering his actual body is currently hanging in chains up in the attic. I gotta say, I don't really think that that's how Jack would have wanted to go out. You know, you, you live a life where you're doing all that voodoo stuff, and then you die like this. Just kind of seems... Inevitable? Yeah. So I stay away from that stuff, man. Anyway, I found our friend Eldritch Poe, had a bit of a chat... He gave me this book. So somewhere buried in this basement, we're looking for a dark heart, whatever that means. We need to dig it up, and we have to read an incantation to destroy it. If we can manage to do that, we should be out of trouble. It doesn't sound too hard, considering how far we've come. And I see that somebody already brought a shovel, so we're ahead of schedule. Too soon. And I'll sort of pry the shovel off of him. Loot him. <laughs> so I'm going to take the flashlight. Uh, I'm going to take the gun off of him, just in case. No, no, I'm taking short sleeves. I'm going to take the gun and hand it to Roy, just in case the body comes back. We don't want it having a weapon. And I'm also going to take the, the Zippo and pocket it. You guys uh, scavenge the body? I giggle a little. <laughs> Find a shiny nickel. Well, I guess we get searching, and I'm going to turn on the flashlight and start walking the basement looking to see if I can't find a spot where the dirt maybe looks like it's been overturned more recently. There's a big neon arrow pointing down. Yeah, see if I can't figure out if there's any kind of any kind of marker in the room that point to where this thing is buried, because I really don't want to have to excavate the whole friggin' basement. I'll stay close with the shovel, because I don't want to split up too much. 
So in order to find the dark heart, you're going to need a hard success. So you have one roll, spot hidden, rocky, and uh, you can use one advantage roll to make this happen. I needed a 60, I rolled a 24, which is a hard success. So basically you walk the perimeter starting from the center of the basement and come up with a plan to basically just do a concentric circle and uh, get wider and wider in your search as you go, looking for anything that might be a marker. And uh, what is it you see in the dirt that makes you think there might be something buried there? At first, it just looks like maybe a small pile of rocks, but... As I, I kind of take a second look back at it, it doesn't seem like it's a bunch of rocks, but one rock. And I go and I brush it off, and the first thing I see is that this is indeed one flat rock, but it seems to have some sort of ruinic symbols carved onto it. And I take that as a sign of maybe that's some sort of marker or seal, and that this is probably a good place to start looking. You take the uh, rock that is etched with these symbols and sort of move it to one side, and as soon as you do the earth starts to tremble beneath your feet. A constant vibration which unearths rocks, bits of bone, and a few gold doubloons. But beneath where the rock was, a small iron casket rises from the dirt, glowing with a faint emerald hue. The tremors subside, but the still half-buried tiny metal coffin seems to resonate with a high-pitched hungry whine. Well, I'm going to look back at Roy. I dare say we have found our dark heart. That was a lot easier than I thought it was about to be. I know, me too, right? We're going to be here for a while. We got to love cultists that leave obvious markers that point to their illicit activities. It helps a lot. Oh, yes, it's great. This isn't the first time either. You know, there was this group of people that I was chasing down this one time, right on the outskirts of Barbados, who were looking to summon a... What are the outskirts of Barbados? Like, in the water? They were on a boat. And then what happened? Why don't you finish digging this thing out? I will. The exterior of the container has been etched with serpentine sigils, which seem to shift and move subtly in the weak light. It comes away from the dirt a little too easily as if eager to be free of its grave, and you're surprised at how light the metal box really is. The greenish glow seems to pulse from within under a hinged lid that's secured by a small latch that can be unfastened with just a single twist. Cautiously twist. And while he's twisting, I'm going to lean back towards where we came from and go, Danny, if you, uh, if you are all right to separate yourself from the girls for a moment, we could use your help down here. Okay. Girls, just stay right here. Okay. And she comes trotting over. What is this? Is this what you're talking about? Uh, possibly. It looks like it's a baby casket. Well, I mean, he did say it was a heart, so, I mean, it, I guess it doesn't have to be that big. I'm going to open up the, the book to the, the page that I had marked. I'm like, all right, so supposedly this, and I'm going to point at the, the right one, is the incantation that we have to read to destroy this thing. And as you say that to Danny, Roy turns the latch. And the casket's lid pops open with a barely audible hiss, followed immediately by the overwhelming stench of rotten flesh and sun-baked kelp. Inside, on a pulsing bed of what appears to be seaweed, is a human heart, black and corrupt, yet somehow still beating. You can feel its sluggish pumping, much like a flounder gasping for air on a moonlit shore, flopping feebly as it struggles for life. Yeah, I'd say that's our heart. (laughs) 
it's uh it's still beaten, so maybe uh, get with the incantationing. Right. Um. Do you want to assist me with this, Danny? We maybe together we can have no, no more. How is that? How these things work? I don't know. Yes, I I think uh, you just say it out loud, and whatever happens, happens. All right, everyone, gather around. We're doing this together. Klaatu, Katulu, tap tap. Necktie. <laughs> Nicotine. <laughs> As the incantation is read aloud, the muscle is torn from its nesting place inside the dark heart relic box. And it looks like there's a moment of resistance as if it's fighting for survival. But then there is a sick plucking sound followed by a wheezing spatter of neon blood spray from the ventricles. Unmoored, the human heart quickly collapses into itself, shriveling to black and then to dust. The coffin's luminescence fades, making it just an empty vessel again, useless and defanged. Well, I guess that's that. Anybody feel any different? Everyone's still here? We're all okay? I'm a little bit itchy. I feel perfectly fine. I'm a little itchy, too. Just, I don't know, the magic makes me do that sometimes. Sometimes planar shifting can cause minor uncomfortable side effects, such as itching, uh, watery eyes, uh, sore throat, diarrhea. I'm allergic to evil, too, yeah. Vomiting, projectile diarrhea, bloodshot eyes, death. Normal side effect things, it's fine. And then you hear from the stairs... Excuse me, guys. I think something's coming down. Suddenly, the house is rocked by a staggering trembler. You feel the packed soil shift beneath your feet. Spiderweb cracks appear in the nearest stone wall. Chunks of masonry from the upper floors tumble down the stairs. It appears the house, disconnected from the dark heart, is beginning to disassemble. Without warning, John Poe's diary leaps into the air of its own volition, flapping pages as if they were wings, and flies headlong into the cracked wall. An explosion of dust and light erupts, spitting shards of fieldstone backward. You throw yourself to the ground, covering your face. The rocks pelt you, tearing small holes into your clothes, cutting your bare skin. This lasts only a moment, then you are waving away the debris, staring at the wall. Where the book had collided, there is now a gaping tunnel of sheared stone and displaced dirt. Inside, exposed phosphorescent gemstones glow with that same eerie green light you saw inside the casket. And the girls, screaming, descend from the stairs and run to where you're at, clutching to you. Oh, well, that's our cue to go. Everyone pick a girl. Let's, we're, we're getting out of here. And I'm going to pick up Rachel again and start heading and start just, like, all out sprinting as fast as I can while carrying somebody through the tunnel. And I'll grab Gwyneth and come too. And Danny takes care of the other one. Entering the dimly lit tunnel is like plunging into an icy bath. The newly created passageway is just over eight feet in diameter and continues for several hundred yards. You press on, fearful that it will constrict at some point, but after several minutes of a gentle slope upward, you are hopeful it will eventually lead to the surface. 
You allow yourself a minute to catch your breath, marveling at the soft luminescence provided by these weird gems embedded in the dirt, wondering what energy source could possibly fuel them. Touching one, it feels cool without any inherent warmth, though you do detect an odd humming vibration from inside, almost as if it contained a single buzzing bee. You're considering digging one out from the tunnel wall when you hear a loud roar back the way you came. It sounds like a combination between lion and grizzly bear, as if both were very, very angry. Two distinct crashes, like massive fists battering the tunnel wall, are followed by another roar, this one a little closer. Time to run? Just without thinking, we'll just keep running. Double time, everyone! Go, 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 go! I'm going to push them ahead of me to make sure that they're they're in front and I'm at the back, just in case. All right, so let's take a look at your movement rates. Oh god, is it another chase scene? It could potentially be a chase scene. Fucking hate chases. Never goes well. I'm going to roll drive auto now. Worst mechanic ever. We know how this goes. If we look at our cheat sheet for chase on foot, we see that each participant must make a con roll. Uh, I needed 60 out of 90. That's a fail. I needed a 55. I rolled a 24. That's a hard success. She needed a 55, rolled a 77. So Roy is going to move down to an 8. And you got a hard success, didn't you? Yeah. So you're going to be at 8 as well. But Danny is going to drop down to a 7. So it looks like you guys are up against uh, move right at 7. Needed an 80, rolled a 29, so going to remain at 7 for this creature. So are you guys going to assist her in any fashion? How are you going to react to her lagging behind rather quickly? I'm going to go from carrying Rachel kind of in both arms back to fireman carrying her over my shoulder. And I'm going to duck back and I'm just going to grab onto, onto Danny and kind of pull her forward with me to make sure she keeps moving. Gotcha. That'll give her an advantage on her challenges. How's that? Sounds like she needs it. As you're moving along this tunnel, moving as quickly as possible, you can still hear this beating on the sides of the tunnel, and rocks are kind of coming down a little bit here and there. Roy and Rocky managed to get through one particular tunnel, trailing Danny behind you, dragging her by the hand as she's stumbling, and a cave-in occurs, essentially separating the two of you, and she needs to make a dexterity roll in order to get past this. She needed a 60, she rolled a 10, so she slides through that with no issues. Danny, coming through twice in one night. You guys are uh, going through probably another 30 yards of tunnel. You're wondering when this thing's going to end. And you come to a section that is partially closed off with this sort of sticky strands of web-like material. It's not like spider web. It looks a little more organic and thick and mucusy. You're not sure what could have possibly made this. So she's going to need to make a strength roll to try to tear through it. She needed a 45. She rolled an 18. That's a hard success. So she, in her adrenaline-fueled rush to join you guys, just pure fear going through her, she rips easily through these strands and continues along she's like go 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 don't wait for me i'm gonna stop and wait for her can't tell me what to do you're not my mom i'll start throwing rocks at her because she's too easy for her if you can dodge a rock you can dodge a ball you guys come to what looks like almost a curve in the tunnel and it kind of narrows slightly so you have to maneuver standing sideways to get through it quickly and it's a bit claustrophobic you manage to get through no problem pulling each other but danny gets stuck slightly 
and she needs con roll to get through. She's sliding through, and a little bit of the rock is really jagged and tears at her exposed arm. If she moves a particular way, she's going to get hurt even worse. But if she rolls a con, she can get through it. She did a 60, she rolled a 13. You can hear her say, come on, honey, Maddie, come on, it's okay. Just go this way, and I'm going to twist this way. You can hear the creature, whatever it is, you haven't seen it yet. Drawing closer and closer, you can hear its heavy breathing. And then she's through. How big can this thing be if it fits to these rock holes easily as we do? Well, this is the first rock hole, and it's about to be pulverized. I'm going to pulverize that rock hole. You're running full tilt, trying to put as much distance between you and the horrors behind, when the sight of something ahead causes you to nearly stumble. The tunnel ends. About 50 feet in front of you, the passage abruptly terminates at a blank wall. An ominous rumbling draws closer from back the way you came, and you try not to panic. Surely there must be a way out of this dead end. You sprint forward to see no side tunnels or other doorways through which you can seek refuge. But where could the book have flown? Or had this been an elaborate trap all along? Wait a minute. Flown? Flying? You look up. Sure enough, there is a vertical shaft above, quite a bit narrower than this tunnel. And at the very top, you can just make out a pinprick of daylight. With a bit of luck... And careful maneuvering up the craggy surface, you might be able to make it. Should have grabbed that rope. Hold on now. I don't have anything that could help us. I have a Zippo. I'll try first so that way I can try and like human ladder people up if I get up there. Dig in my hands on like the little ridges in the walls to climb up it. And you notice even just like a couple feet up that there are generous outcroppings of rock. So it's going to be a rather easy ascent as long as these tremors don't persist. Seeing that... Roy has successfully made it up to what seems to be an outcropping part of the way up. I'm going to grab Danny and push her in front of me. I'm going to say, you first, I'll be right behind you. The walls of this tunnel have enough handholds. It goes straight up, so there is no place to stop and rest once you get going. Push them towards the wall and say, hey, Roy, short sleeves me. And I'll drop it. And uh, Rocky catches it easily. Take several steps in front of everybody and just hold both guns out, pointing down the end of the tunnel just in case anything shows up. I'm going to turn them sideways. That way they're kill shots. Danny and uh, the girls begin to clamber up the shaft. Roy and Danny are going to need to make a dexterity roll. So let's begin with Roy. Go ahead and give me a dex, please. I need an 80. I got a 62. Danny's going to go next. She needed a 60 roll of 19, another hard success. So, Rocky, you see further down where that twist was, where Danny almost got caught. You see something coming through, and it's basically just decimating the rocks, blocking its path. It's digging through that tunnel, and it's filling the tunnel. It's that big. You might want to pick it up a bit, and I'm going to take a few steps back towards the vertical wall, still pointing both guns down the tunnel. And you can see it in all its horror now as it bursts through. Oh, how lovely. I'm going to call him Percival. It has these wide web hands on the ends of muscular arms. It has a somewhat amphibian-looking face with giant teeth each about the length and breadth of your head and this thing appears to be shimmering slightly it's almost like it's there but then it's not there and it sees you 
and it's making a beeline towards you. Gonna pull one gun up, aim down, sights on my gun, pull the trigger, pull it up, bring the other one down, and just start rattling shots off to try and slow it down to buy the other's time. Okay, and you can tell that the other guys are well up the thing and they're starting to come through. They've reached the top of their ascent. Rocky, we're at the top. You can come now. Dude, that's kind of personal, don't you think? No, you do it when I say. Stop being accurate and just both guns down and just pop, 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 pop until they're empty. Throw them both at the monster and then sprint for the wall and start climbing. (laughs) You dick. I wouldn't have given it to you. How many shots is that? Five. Six for short sleeves. Okay, so 11 shots. Yep. Go ahead and we'll let you have those 11 shots. And these are all going to be a disadvantage. Oh, boy. Ah, well, that one doesn't matter. That's a success, but I need to check. Still a success? Yep. But I'm still at disadvantage. Disadvantage on everything, yeah. So that's a fail. Someone keeping track of how many I'm firing off here in total. That's your fourth shot. All right, so here's five. Still good. So that's, yeah, that's a success. That's not. That's a fail. Two out of six. That's a fail. Two out of seven. That's a fail. Two out of eight. That's a success. Three out of nine. So we got two left. Yep. Uh, Still a success and a fail. Okay, so if you hit four out of 11 times, you can see this thing as it's racing toward you. The bullets are just glancing off its thick hide. You are now clicking empty cylinders, and it's about 20 yards away. Can I just chuck both the guns at him and run for the wall and start climbing? So uh, you will not be getting an advantage, so you need to make a dexterity roll. Give him a disadvantage. I needed a 60. I rolled an 18. That's a hard success. So you climb into the tunnel and easily pull yourself up and are scrambling as quickly as you can. Turn back down and spit on it as I climb out of the hole. As you near the peak of the narrowing shaft, daylight above grows brighter and brighter. The sight of life-giving sunlight fills your heart with hope. You can even smell fresh air and hear a distant cawing crow. Far below comes the bellowing rage of the creature who pursued you through the tunnel, and you can only hope it won't attempt to climb the shaft too. The thought motivates your limbs to move more quickly upward. Finally, you reach the top. Rubble has clogged the opening, probably due to the book's eruption from out of the shaft, but you're able to easily push through into blinding daylight. You crawl your way out, clawing at green grass, digging your fingers into the earth, feeling as though you're pulling yourself out of a grave. Panting, you flop onto your back, feeling the warmth of sunshine on your face. You'd like to stay this way forever. It feels so good. A breeze picks up and you take a deep breath. Wondering, why doesn't it smell like the nearby ocean or the briny shores of Providence River? There is a quiet flapping sound nearby, however, and a shadow flickers across the lids of your closed eyes. With a growing unease, you squint up to see, of all things, a straw-stuffed scarecrow posted nearby, watching you with button eyes and smiling with a mouth painted red. One side of its overalls has come undone and waves like a flag in the gentle wind. Perched on one shoulder is a blind crow, its eye sockets festooned with squirming maggots. It ruffles its feathers and caws again loudly in your direction. Slowly, you get to your feet. Where the hell are you? You're not not Providence anymore, Dorothy. A sly voice seems to whisper mockingly in your mind. You've emerged in the middle of an overgrown field with surrounding woods a few hundred yards away. 
Much further, probably south, is a stately mansion, painted white, clearly not Pullman's, but still eerily familiar. Dread reaches slowly into your guts and twists your lower intestine until you think you might vomit. It... it can't be. Of their own accord, your eyes gradually drift back to the opening from which you emerged and gawk at the surrounding rubble you pushed aside. The broken stones of a well? Your attention snaps back to the scarecrow and its sightless familiar, but their impossible gaze seems to be directed to the distance where Blaine Manor stands, waiting. Tune in next time as we play another reel of the Lovecraft tapes. Crazy. Well, shit. Good thing I put up a fight. I had a lot of fun with my action movie moment of just boom, boom, boom as this thing charges at me. I thought that was kind of fun. I thought it was really lame and douchebag move when you threw away short sleeves. Well, I mean, even if I did die, would I actually die? Right. I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna roll with this, and if I, if it ends up catching me, then so be it. I think it's my life. Oh God, it's my life too. Electric Boogaloo. My life as well. So Blaine Manor must be like a hotspot portal or something. It's a Wi-Fi hotspot. Yeah, it's a Wi-Fi hotspot portal. Any theories about the uh, Dark Heart? I think it was Poe's heart, or maybe like Poe's daughter or something. Like the baby? And that was his ultimate sacrifice. Hell of a sacrifice. To live forever. Except he didn't, because he's an idiot. Yeah, an IDOT. It's an error ID10T. Alright guys, well let's move along uh, for some hashtag recommendos, where we share some of our geekly obsessions. Geeky obsessions, I should say. Please roll D100. Gabe, start us off, please. Uh, in the wake of people being all upset, even though I'm, frankly I'm not, I haven't had any of the issues people are talking about with cyberpunk uh, i'm gonna recommendo uh, cyberpunk 2020 the rpg that the game is based on well the second edition of the rpg that the game is based on because the second edition is the best edition and anyone else that is stupid can fight me on that the game is actually fairly faithful to that rpg except that obviously the rpg is a lot more in depth than the game is it's not a super serious rpg it's a lot of fun it puts a lot of focus on style and attitude and very superficial things that a lot of rpgs don't focus on i think that's what makes it fun the gangs are some of the coolest things that you'll see in any rpg like there's like a gang of like the kennedys which a bunch of john f kennedys roaming around it's a lot of fun it's by no means a very serious rpg but i i love neon future type stuff i like the game so far i haven't had many bugs honestly like a lot of people have so i guess i'm lucky in that regard but uh i've had fun with it but i find the rpg to be a ton of fun so check that out cyberpunk 2020 Awesome. Yeah. And I'll, I will say that uh, as part of our digital goodies for Cyberpunk uh, 2077, uh, they gave us a copy of the original RPG uh, rule set. So if you uh, uh, go and uh, log in or uh, register at GOG.com, you can download all these digital goodies. Like uh, I got the soundtrack to Cyberpunk 2077, which I uploaded to my YouTube music so I can listen to it whenever. And they also included that complete RPG. So I've never seen the RPG itself, so I'm curious to look at it and just at least read it. It's not really in my style of what I want to play as far as games go. All right, uh, let's move along to Matthew. 
So this week, I'm going to toss out a game that I've been playing for a couple of weeks now. It's called Per Aspera, and it is a Mars colonization slash terraforming game. And what's really great and unique about this one is a lot of these games are very sandbox. It's very, you make your own story. This one has a legitimate campaign behind it where you play a a self-conscious AI who is designed to be in charge of the colonization and terraforming of Mars. So far, a fairly interesting story from the little bit that I've seen. It's fully voice acted, and they got some really great people, including uh, really well-known actors like Troy Baker and Phil Lamar, to come in and voice some of the characters. But it's essentially this evolving story of you building up the infrastructure for people, bringing them in, trying to balance their needs with your needs to fulfill your mission. And it's a really great story, and it's uh, a really fun game. I've always been a fan of games that are, you know, buildy and micromanagey, and this really hits a lot of those itches for me. And I've I've really been having a good time with it. So uh, if you're like me and you like micromanagement games and you like space and sci-fi, Per Aspera is a really great choice. Thank you, Matt. And uh, Brian? Mine is an anime on Netflix called Doro Hidoro. It's an anime based on a Japanese manga series from 1999. The main character is Kaiman. A sorcerer used him to test his magic, turning his head into a reptile and erasing his memory. So you're basically learning everything as he does. He's trying to figure out who did this to him and why they did this to him. And what it turns out is these sorcerers call our planet, our existence, the whole, and they have another realm that they come from and they come here and do experiments on us and practice their magic. So in their realm, they can progress in their social society. The first portion of this was uh, getting to know him, uh, his abilities, the people that, you know, the character building around uh, all the people that uh, support him and are trying to help him. And then as you go on, you get to experience the joy of the anime, which is the exact style that I love, that gritty, raw, violent color explosion that you get from like Akira and stuff like that. I highly recommend checking this out. It's Dora Hidora on Netflix. I think the first two seasons are up. Anime. All right. I'm going to go next and I'm going to be recommending a movie from 2020, Castle Freak, directed by Tate Steinseek, produced by Barbara Crampton. Charles Band, and with a composer, Fabio Frizzi. Of course, the legendary Fabio Frizzi. And uh, this is, as you would expect, a remake of Stuart Gordon's 1995 version, which I really didn't dig all that much because it's just not very fun. From Beyond and Reanimator, his previous H.P. Lovecraft joints are really fun. But Castle Freak from 95 is kind of sleazy, kind of gross. Not very well produced. They were starting to run out of money, so it was a little bit darker than some of the other, like, cinematography-wise. You couldn't really make out what was going on. This one, the plot revolves around a castle in Albania and the freak chained inside. And when the freak's caretaker is killed, it escapes and lives secretly behind the walls. Meanwhile... The main character, Rebecca, is a hard-partying woman who lets her shitty boyfriend drive drunk, resulting in an accident that leaves her blind for life. Almost immediately afterwards, she inherits the titular castle. So the two of them, shitty boyfriend is still shitty but too guilty to leave her, travel to the foreign country in order to sell the castle, but they also invite their shitty party friends. So we have a lot more bodies to see get naked and die. 
This version feels like it belongs in the 90s because it revels in nudity, gore, and general icky sleaze. But to its credit, it also leans heavily into Lovecraft lore with references to the Necronomicon, Miskatonic University, the short story of The Outsider, one of my favorites, Cthulhu, Herbert West, and Yog sothoth The ending is nihilistic which I always appreciate when there's an unhappy ending. And I would say that it's actually a decent addition to Lovecraftian movies. There was a spate of movies that began in the 80s and petered out in the 90s. Uh, they just sort of got progressively worse. And we've, we've had a couple here and there that were either adapted from or direct adaptations of the work. This actually is pretty pretty decent i would i would recommend it obviously it's a i wouldn't say it's a great movie but because we're all lovecraft fans it sort of scratches that itch so check that out castle freak from 2020 currently it is on shutter but you could probably find it elsewhere and uh it's got boobs (laughs) yay guys that's gonna be it for this episode of the lovecraft tapes thank you for listening Please subscribe in whatever podcast platform you prefer. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Meanwhile, you can find us at lovecrafttapes.com with links to all our hashtag recommendos and social media channels, including Reddit, YouTube, and our Discord server where you can chat with us in real time, and Justin will tell you what the boob count is. You can find me on Twitter at lovecrafttapes. And if anybody wants some very nicely done action prints of my amazing awesomeness, uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at TheRealWeirdKid. And if anybody wants to get me medium sleeves to make up for my loss, you can find me at LovecraftGabe. And give me some character ideas, guys. Reach out to me at Brian Podcast or on Discord. Until next time, roll for scare. The Lovecraft Tapes Podcast is copyright 2021. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes Podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes.